Say you want a revolution. Yeah, it's a new year. It's a time we reboot, we get a restart. And I know lots of you probably made uh, resolutions this year, hoping that the new year will be better. But today what I wanna do is take us from resolutions that tend to not work and take us to a revolution in life. You know, Webster defines revolution in several different ways. It's the time that it takes a celestial body to make a complete round uh, in its orbit. Webster also says that it is a sudden and radical and complete change. And so before we jump in here, I wanna start with just a couple questions. What are you going to do in 2023? In other words, how will this year be different? Let me just, how many of you would like for 23 to be better than 22? Let me just see hands. Anybody like, oh no, I hope it's worse, you know? That's like, yeah. See, I know for some of you last year, it was a tough year. The year was full of challenges, choices, changes maybe, crisis. In fact, for some of you, 2022 may have been a disappointing year. Maybe you experienced a loss of a job or a relationship or a loved one. You know, perhaps it was a year that when you look back, you go, it was full of failure, pain, and hurt. I think that's why we love celebrating the new year, isn't it? We get to start over. And it is part of God's design. In fact, I believe God specializes in new beginnings and fresh starts. And so as we usher in 2023, as you start this new year, let's make it a revolution in life. You know, God, God has given us uh, life in what I call bite-sized pieces. They're, they're revolutions. You know, for instance, uh, the clock. If you look at your watch, it makes revolutions, doesn't it? 60 minutes makes an hour, 24 hours makes a day. And so as you watch it spin around, you got day and night and then a new day. The earth makes a complete revolution around the sun, 365 days, six hours and nine minutes. And then every four years they adjust that just a little bit. It's a new year. You know, so that every day you have the opportunity when you wake up to say it's a new day. You know, every year you're able to say it's a new year. It is a God-given opportunity and by design. I think it was God's way of saying, you know what, you can wipe the slate clean. You can start over today. You can start over with the new year. And it allows you to do a little bit. I hope you took some time to just kind of reflect and retool and then start new. 
And that's, that's truly something you should do on a daily basis. But in order for 23 to be better than 22, you need a revolution in your life. And if there's gonna be radical change, complete change, you've gotta have a plan. You cannot enter 2023 wishing and hoping, oh, I hope it's better this year. You need something more. How, how many of you have ever played the, the board game, the game of life? Yeah. yeah I, lo- I love board games, but you know, the game of life, it's supposed to kind of simulate a person's journey through life uh, from college to retirement. And so you've got salaries and paydays and investments that you can make in the game. And then there's marriage and children. And you've got this chance of of a crisis in your life or a problem or a windfall at some point. And so as you're playing the game, you're trying to navigate all these different situations. And I may have shared this before, last time I played, it was several years ago, uh, my grandkids were really little, they had never played the game. And it was kind of funny watching them play because they got real serious because they're like, this is life, Grandpa, we've we've gotta be be thinking about it. And so they had that first real decision you have to make where you gotta decide, are you gonna go to college or go straight into the workplace? And so, the kids got really excited about their vocation. Some of them were disappointed about their vocation. And to be honest, you know what it had to do with, right? Money. How much money were they going to make? How much money were they going to get? And so that, that salary was really the issue for them. And when they got married, okay, they were little, so marriage did not make any sense to them. And, and then they started having babies, had to add them to the car, which led to very interesting discussions. Um, and uh, we spent lots of time naming the babies, <laughs> you know. And, and Ethan, uh, he, he's one of the older ones, and uh, he, he's naming his kids. He had to get two cars. He had so many kids. And so he started naming them like, you know, he had uh, French fry, French fry the second, French fry the third, and, and so, so on. Finally, he's just rolling his eyes. We're all laughing. But the game's really about, you know, spin of the wheel, you know, the counting the spaces, You know, sometimes you're cheering, sometimes you're moaning. Again, I love board games, but the game of life, there's not much strategy to it. You know, other than you get to make a few choices, the fact is it's it's a random thing. Spin the wheel, you know, count the spaces. Follow the directions that are on the card. And, and so you're kind of at the mercy of the wheel, the numbers, the cards very little strategy. The winner, (laughs) the one that has the most cash on the day of reckoning. I mean, that's according to Milton Bradley and Hasbro. It's the game of life. How do you win with your game of life? How do you determine what success looks like Friends, you do not have to stumble through life. You do not have to leave things to the chance of the spin. You know, oh, lucky seven, come on, come on, seven, you know. 
Ah, oh, I got a 10. I, I can't believe this is happening to me. Sure, there are things that happen in life that you have no control over, right? But the vast majority of the things that happen in life are the result of choices that you make and decisions that you make. I always say decisions are defining. And unlike the the board game, in real life, it is not the one with the most toys that wins. You know, the the fact is, God designed us, and you have one life, and only one life. You have to choose wisely. And that's why I want to talk about and start this series out with just talking about wisdom. And I want to look at what God says is important. How can we live wisely in our lives and successfully navigate this thing called life? You say you want a revolution? Well, I've got a solution. I've got a plan. And it is a call to revolt against the modern mindset of our society. You know, we live in this world that has declared independence when it comes to our lives. You know how this goes. People go, it's my life. So I'll write the rules for my life. I'll live my life as I see fit. And it really gets down to that, it's mine. And we learn that word mine at an early age, don't we? You know, a couple of kids playing with a toy. And one of them grabs the toy and says what? Mine. And then they walk off. And then a bigger kid comes along and takes the toy from them and goes, mine. And then all the kids go, Grandpa, give us back our toy. You know, <laughs> true story. You hear it in daycares. You hear it in classrooms. You hear it in offices. You even hear it in the church. And friends, it is a mentality that evolves. My rights, my stuff, my way. It's evolution. Actually, I think it's devolution. Me, 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 me. It's all about me. This is what works for me. What's in it for me? I don't care about that. It doesn't affect me. You know, that's somebody else's problem. I'm just watching out for number one. And, and here's the thing about this independence that we have, this, this meistic mentality, is that it is something that we do not like in other people. But if you're honest, if I'm honest, your meistic mentality, well, it bothers me a lot more than my meistic mentality. True? Isn't that true? And what I find interesting is that that mentality infiltrates everything in our lives. And it messes people up. And it messes them up bad. 
And here's where we deviate from it. The fact is we'll throw a fit at some point when things spin out, when things don't go the way that we planned. In fact, very few people will own the fact that something spun out in their life because they made a bad decision. Very, very few own it. Scripture says this, people ruin their lives by their own what? Come on, let's say it. What's the word? Foolishness. And then are angry at God. I can't believe God let this happen. You know, this isn't right. I, I deserve better. I mean, I made the choices that ended up getting me here, but, but some blame, blame God, don't they? And then some blame other people for it. You know, somebody gets in an accident because they're looking at their phone. You know, somebody's overweight because they've eaten too many cheeseburgers. Don't take responsibility. You know, you blame someone. You know, you sue Apple or McDonald's because it's their fault, right? Somebody gets fired at work for poor performance or not showing up. Somebody fails a class because they didn't study or they got caught cheating, drowning in debt because they spent too much on the credit cards. Don't take responsibility for it. Blame God, blame somebody else. And, and suddenly, you take this shift, and you go, it's, it's not my fault. And it would be comical, I think, if it wasn't so critical, if it wasn't so important, if it wasn't so potentially devastating to life. You know, whenever that, that meistic mentality begins to rule, what happens? Ethics change, morality change, everything changes. And it, this isn't some philosophical concept that's like way out there somewhere. You go, oh, I don't know. No, it affects the way we live. And it creates a new way to live. And it creates a new standard for living. And it just messes people up. And I, I'm going to say something. I'm going to make some of you mad, upset you a little bit. But it's the reason some of you are struggling in your life. And in fact, it quite possibly could be the reason that 23 isn't much different than 22. Because you operate with a very faulty foundation. And here's the foundation that a lot of people operate. God wants me to be what? Happy. And friends, when that becomes your mode of operation, well, watch out. You know, the writer of Proverbs says, foolishness brings joy to those with no sense. A sensible person stays on the right path. So it brings joy. You, you choose what will make you happy and, and so this meistic mentality begins to drive the decisions you make. You know, where, 
where you're, you're moving in your life, it, it starts driving your accomplishments and your fulfillment and your desires and your happiness all of a sudden becomes forced, first and foremost. And friends, when that happens, you gotta watch out. It comes with a huge price tag. And I think it's a price tag that we're, we're paying in our homes, in our relationships, in our communities, and in our country. You know, Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the fear of the Lord is not about being, you know, terrified of God, all right? The fear of the Lord is about respecting and recognizing God is God and I'm not. When you fear the Lord, well, you'll be obedient and you start living smart. It changes the way you view yourself, how you view other people, and it changes the way you make your decisions in life. You start with the awareness of God in life. You know, you begin to see God's power and God's desires and God's ways. That awareness will revolutionize every single area of your life, but it all begins there. Now, I'm gonna ask you to be a little bit vulnerable. How many of you have ever made a foolish decision? <laughs> Both hands. <laughs> I mean, looking back, you, you realize it was just foolish. And some of you are realizing the foolishness of spending and spending and spending, and now you're facing some serious financial issues in life. You know, some of you are waking up to, to the foolishness of not spending enough time with your spouse, of making the kids number one and forgetting that you're married. I mean, some of you are, have hit that point and you go, man, I was foolish. What was I thinking? All of us have taken the path of foolishness before. In contrast, there's another path, the path of wisdom. And just FYI, wisdom is not about knowledge. It's not. Knowledge is great. You should, you should learn. You should educate yourself. You should always be studying and trying to grow as a person. But knowledge, hear this, knowledge is not the answer to most of life's problems. In fact, we have more information available to us at the stroke of the keyboard, don't we? Than any time in history. Our culture, though, seems to be collapsing. That wisdom is waning. We have more knowledge at our fingertips. Yet, I would argue more people are walking the path of foolishness. We, we can travel faster than any other time in history. But again, I would argue that sometimes we're traveling the wrong direction. We got information, 
We got knowledge, but we need something deeper. We need something more. We need something more important. We need wisdom in our lives. You know, knowledge is something that you gain. Wisdom is something you receive. I mean, knowledge is in your head, but wisdom is something that'll resonate in your heart. Knowledge will teach you. Wisdom will transform you. You say you want a revolution, 2023? You do not need another list of resolutions in your life. I'm gonna argue you need wisdom and you need wisdom from God to change things. I mean, I pray for wisdom. I need wisdom, I want it. I pray for my children and my grandchildren to have wisdom. I pray that every person that comes to Faith Fellowship will have wisdom in their life. I pray that the leaders of our country would have wisdom because wisdom leads to revolution in life. Do do you have wisdom? Again, I'm not talking about a bunch of knowledge. And let's be clear, when I say fool, I am not talking about someone that's stupid, okay? Or somebody that you go, oh, well, they're a card-carrying idiot. That is not what we're talking about. In fact, if you look up the word fool, the Old Testament and the Hebrew, that, that word carries the idea of someone that is open to anything and everything. Somebody that does not have a foundation in their life. See, too many people have a lot of information, but they're simply educated fools. You know, Cindy's dad, he he was kind of funny. He had this uh, saying, he goes, if you're too open-minded, your brains will fall out, you know. You might have a high IQ, but you can be operating with a very low GQ, and that's a God quotient in your life. If you're living where you're open to whatever makes you look good, whatever makes you feel good, friends, if everything revolves around you, if, if you live with no plan, no discipline, and no foundation, you keep God at a distance, you will make a lot of foolish decisions. You will. But if you pursue God, it's the beginning of wisdom. You want a revolution in your life? You want some things to change? Ask God for wisdom in that. It will radically and completely change your life. You know, wisdom, I I believe, pays in very high dividends. The writer says, God blesses everyone who has wisdom and common sense. Wisdom is worth more than silver. It makes you much richer than gold. 
Wisdom's more valuable than precious gems. Nothing you want compares with her. I mean, I'm reading that, I'm thinking, I, I want that, I want that, that, that sounds good. Wisdom's important. But it goes on the, in uh, verse 16 and 17, it says, in her right hand, wisdom holds a long life, and in her left hand are wealth and honor. Wisdom makes life pleasant and leads us safely along. Some of you are here today, and I want you to hear, you're not here by accident. You know, some of you are at that place in your life where you're going, I I need a revolution in my life. You know, I have hurt myself and other people enough. You know, I've, I've damaged enough relationships. I am tired of all the time and energy and money that I've wasted. You know, I've shed enough tears. I have drifted far enough away from God in my life. Enough foolishness, I've had my fill of it. Friends, the revolution It starts when you surrender to God. That term, the fear of the Lord, several times throughout the book, this is a different verse, says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. If you want to get smart, if you want to become wise, If you want that treasure, it's more valuable than gold. It's more valuable than anything you can lay your hands on. It starts with acknowledging that there's a God, a God who's powerful, a God who's personal, a God who's, honestly, he's head over heels in love with you, God that extends his hand, a hand of forgiveness and grace through Jesus Christ, A God who's saying, take my hand, I'll help you do life the right way. Friends, this is where it starts. It starts with a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Some of you, you just need to start there. You need to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today. And I know some, some of you, are, you know, you're at that point and you're, you're kind of clinging to old patterns in your life and you go, yeah, I, I, you're right, enough foolishness, but I, I'm going to get a self-improvement plan. I'm going to make better choices this year. I, I'm strong enough. I'm, gonna, I'm really going to do it this year. If you could have changed, you would have already. Put your hand in God's hand. You know, get a new view in your life. Get a new power. It's revolutionary. You you can start making wise choices in your life. You can. God wants to do more than you can even imagine. God wants to start that revolution in your life. And he wants to help you but you gotta make a move. You gotta reach out and you just gotta acknowledge how. God, I need, I need your love at work in my life. You know, I, I need your forgiving power in Jesus Christ. I need that in my life. God, I, I need your strength. 
at work so that I can do whatever it is you need me to do. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You acknowledge, you trust God, accept him as your Lord and Savior. Again, some of you need to do that today. Many of you have already done that. Well, you need to take the next step. You want to become a person that's growing in wisdom? You want to see a revolution in your life? This is my best counsel to you. Apply God's word to your life. You know, maybe start, uh, Proverbs is a great read, by the way. You know, just spend time there. There is wisdom for just about every area of life in the book of Proverbs. Another way you can approach it, you know, is go to Google and just Google uh, scriptures about a particular area where you're folly prone. You know, you tend to make foolish decisions and just go scriptures about, you know, and put it out there. You'll get a long list of them, you know. Ask yourself today, where are you being foolish these days? Now, is it a situation where, yeah, I lose my temper too easy? You know, I I lack discipline in life. You know, I'm struggling financially, can't seem to get it together. You know, I, I tend to shave the edges in the marketplace or I'm not honest about stuff. You know, do, do you have a repeated uh, track history of relational difficulties? Just read scriptures, study those scriptures in that area. You know, spend time, pray, and meditate about them. And then here, here's the hard part. Apply them to your life. You know, let, let God's word you know, begin to guide you. Let, let God speak wisdom into your life. You, you run across, you ever run across a scripture and you know it's like speaking to your heart, but it really makes you uncomfortable? You know, you're like, ah, oh, that's, that's challenging. I don't like that. You know, it presses you. That's the one you put in your phone. You write it down and put it on your desk. You know, put it on the bathroom mirror, get a sticky note and stick it on the bathroom mirror where you see it daily, where, where you're confronted with it regularly. And then you cling to it. And you pursue that truth, whatever it is. Here, here's my promise to you. If you do that, well, you see if God doesn't start doing something revolutionary in your life. Just see. Pretty basic message this morning. You know, each week we're going to kind of build on this, but I think this is where the war is won and lost in our life. It, it's going to be the difference between going, I made some headway this year compared to what usually happens, Right? Made a resolution, broke the resolution. Oh, well, next year. In fact, I, I didn't do it, but I could have said, how many of you have already broke your, res- your resolutions? And there'd be a lot of hands up if we were honest. They're like, yeah, yeah, I gave it a day or two, you know. 
we're going to talk about revolutionizing our lives and changing them. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. You have created fearfully, wonderfully. God, as we step into this new year, there are many here today that there's some area of life they go, oh, it's got to get better. I don't want the same old, same old. God, instead of coming up with some four-point plan, God, we just ask you for wisdom today. What is it you'd have us do? God, be our guide. Work in us. Work through us. God, help us to be obedient. Whatever it is. God, help us to quit just doing foolish stuff. It's wrecking and making life more difficult than it needs to be. God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that tomorrow morning, it's a new day. It's a new week. Help us to embrace that. When we fail, Lord, help us to get up the next day and go, new day. Work in us, Lord. May what we say and do be pleasing in your sight. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. God's people said? All right. Hold on to your seats. And we're going to kind of kick us out on this. Prayer teams will be up here afterwards. They would love to pray with you. Prayers were a good way to start, but uh, let's have a revolution.